0: Thank you for tuning in today on another episode of Saints in Society. Today, we're going to be discussing the topic, does God speak to us and does God speak to us audibly? On the show today, we have our co-host, Brad Leibolt, and we also have our fellow elder at Gospel Community Church with us this morning, and he's been on some of the previous podcasts before, and that's Ronnie Gogan. We're looking forward to diving into this, and we hope it's impactful and helpful for you as a listener in how to engage, as a saint, people in your society that God has placed you in.
1: This is Saints in Society, a podcast with the aim and focus on equipping saints to live in and engage with their society. Through discussion and diving into the word, we seek to learn how to engage culture in its terms, but not of it. We believe the gospel speaks to all areas of life and provides all the answers we are looking for. So we aim to equip saints with applying the gospel to our lives, living as saints in society.
0: All right, question, fellas. What do you guys think would be the funniest prank to try to pull off on someone? Something you've either seen before or something you've thought of that would be awesome to pull off. Ronnie? (laughs) I'll
2: go first. I don't know if this would uh, be awesome, (laughs) but the the confusion. I think awesome is pretty subjective, so, yeah. yeah. Um, My prank would be, and no, I have not done this, but (laughs) two. Uh, get a plate, a very flat plate, as flat as you can, and to either pee in it yourself or acquire some urine, I guess, <laughs> from an animal. I don't know how you'd go about extracting that, but freeze it overnight. And if you were in like a college dorm room or something, or because I'm thinking a house would so be kind of hard to slide under mm-hmm. a door because there's weatherproofing, yeah. but maybe like some kind of dorm room setting where there's a little gap and uh, or hotels and you're out on a trip with some friends and you slide. You take the pee off the, the plate that's been frozen now into a solid disc and you slide it as far as you can under the door uh, quietly in the middle of the night so that when they wake up in the morning, there is a puddle of urine near the front door. <laughs> and uh, it's mostly the confusion that would satisfy me later, knowing that they're like, they'll probably be wondering till the day they die unless I tell them like, how did that puddle of urine get <laughs> near my door in the middle of the night? Did yeah. somebody sneak in here and pee and then leave? Like is there an animal in my room somewhere? <laughs> it would be pretty funny. A,
1: think- a couple things come to mind. Go ahead, Brad. Well, uh, at first you said it would have to be a very flat plate. So do you think there exists a plate that's flat enough to slide <laughs> under the door, well, but they're... also deep enough to hold liquid? Yeah.
0: Well that's a, okay. when you said a very flat plate, and I guess you pee on it yourself, I'm like, man, that's just the juggling act of <laughs> trying to keep that pee on there and getting it in the freezer.
2: I actually have some plates in my house that <laughs> I think would work perfectly Guys, this for is, this.
0: I, I don't I didn't want to say this on air, but it's under process. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> A uh, couple thoughts. One, asparagus should be a requirement that you eat Oof. tons of that. Two, if you've seen Dumb and Dumber, that comes to mind where, like, what if the people are just don't even know that it happens? Because whenever they go into their house in Dumb and Dumber, they're like, let's thrash a place. And and the guy's like, I don't think they're going to get that message. You know? So sorry, other thing be, it's like It depends upon which house oh. that you do it in. Because some people might be like, ah Just another morning. <laughs> just, just another, another morning, morning. They yeah. sleepwalk and yeah. it's like, wow. Whoops. Must have peed here last night. <laughs>
2: It's mostly just the confusion with yeah make I think it great. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I say the three of us pull it off sometime
2: yeah somebody did prank me once and the prank it was like a failed prank they put whipped cream on my face and I I woke up before, it was like a boot camp but before everybody else woke up I woke up an hour earlier felt that I had whipped cream went and wiped it off and went back to sleep and so woke up but no clue who did it they didn't get the satisfaction of me waking up like oh what the heck it was just like I went in and wiped it off and back to bed <laughs> yeah
1: lame. Yeah, good try so
0: a prank that i thought of it's it's elaborate (laughs) but let me explain i always like the idea of a like a reverse to a prank and so for instance when i was in my early 20s we did this with some friends but uh some friends told us that they were going to go over and basically these uh, girls that they knew were were, like watching a scary movie so they were going to like you know, knock on the windows and do stuff like that. So I was like, Oh, it's a great idea. But then I got another group of friends together that we were going to be there before they got there. And then we were going to like wrap the guys up that were going to scare them. So essentially the the reverse of the prank is that we were robbing the house and then we ran into these guys there. And so we literally did this and we like wrapped them up and tied them up and put them on the front doorstep and then rang the doorbell and then ran off. So as much as you can reverse prank, so it's like you create a prank with two or three people and then you go and create another one, how to prank those people. And then if you can, create another does this make sense like a but, double agent uh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> but, but as, as much as you can you just get it all twisted sideways but that's not my elaborate prank here's my elaborate prank that i think it'd be funny to essentially figure out how to like knock someone out short term you know uh what is that chloroform form. yeah whoa yeah you need a response wow <laughs> that was really bad do you bad. need I'm Because <laughs> dist- I have some in my truck. <laughs> that was disturbing. You got a oh, rag my- that's still something. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. Okay, so yes, something like that that clearly you two know a lot about, <laughs> what we can have a conversation about later. You use that and you get this whole essentially hospital room set up and then you have, you know, your person that you knocked out come to but 20 or 30 years have passed and so like, You'd have to create this whole room with like newspapers and people, but like your spouse comes in, like they figure out how to make you look older, but your spouse comes in, she's 20, 30 years older, your kids are grown up. And essentially all this happened by you just being, you know, someone using, what is it called again, fellas? Four, for. for. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, nice. yeah, chloroform on you, and then you wake up, and, and you think you've been in a coma the whole time. For, yeah, and they tell you, "Man, you've been out for twenty years." We're really excited to have you back. Here's your wife. Here's your kids. It's just like you've missed out on so much. Here's what's going on in the world today, and just create this elaborate story. Oh man. So yeah, that's that's what I would love to pull off.
2: A- aliens finally revealed themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you really gonna mess with them. Yeah. yeah. So in we fact-
0: figured out time travel. Yeah, <laughs> and only half of uh, you know. uh, You know, planet Earth's humanity is still living here. The other half is (laughs) living on on another
1: planet now. Yeah, so. (laughs) Brad, what about you? I'm not creative enough to come up with my own, but I heard one in, like, high school we thought about doing. Maybe you guys have heard of this, but you get some pigs. Specifically, you get three pigs, and you paint numbers on the pigs, like one, two, and four, or one, three, and four, and then you let the pigs loose in a (laughs) building, (laughs) in, like, a school or somewhere where, you know, there's lots of rooms and stuff. And so they, they corral the pigs, but there's one missing because it's like one, two, and four. <laughs> so they spend all day looking for the missing pig that doesn't exist. <laughs> that is hilarious. So, yeah, it's just, you know, it's elaborate in that you have to find some pigs, but.
2: I knew exactly where you were going as soon as you said one, two, and four.
1: Because <laughs> then everyone's like, man, where's this other pig? What's it doing? Yeah. yeah. So it's more the confusion than yeah. the yeah. pigs are the the lead up to the joke.
2: It's yeah. the trolling that's the yeah. best part of the prank. <laughs> yeah. The break. yeah
0: all right today we're going to talk about a question that's come up multiple times but i've also heard this discussed in fact ronnie and i were in a small group together a couple years ago and a question like this came up which actually led to some tears from someone in our small group but the question is does god speak to us personally individually outside of the word of god does god speak to us audibly can we hear god's voice people have said you know driving to work this morning the lord told me to do this in the shower this morning god told me to do this Hey, I was thinking about doing something like this and God told me to do this. God told me to marry this person. God told me to lead the church this direction. So how do we respond when we hear things like that? How do we support something like that scripturally? But how as Christians, are we to take comments like that? How are we to navigate conversations like that? And kind of what should we do with that? So that's where we're gonna go today is, does God speak outside of the word of God? Let me start off just by asking you guys a simple question. Someone comes up to you and says, God told me to do something or I have a word from the Lord for you. What are your initial thoughts? How are you navigating that conversation? First thing I would
2: say, if somebody said, God told me or I have a word from the Lord for you is I would response, but I would respond by asking questions. And first question would probably be, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by God told you? Because people can mean different things by that. And I think that's the first step of showing some kind of grace in a conversation like that when you're discussing any kind of theological topic and you know you're coming into an area where there's going to be significant disagreement would be to charitably ask questions get to know what exactly they mean by their statements because that can mean a lot of different things when you say god told me
1: okay brad any thoughts for you yeah my initial reaction would be hesitancy and probably some skepticism um do i think like, can God speak? Yeah. God can do what he wants. Uh, Does he regularly? I don't think so. And we'll get into that. And so I, I, yeah, I would like Ronnie, I would ask a lot of questions because maybe the person, it's a weird way of saying it, but maybe they were reading the Bible that morning and they came across a verse that made them think of you. And they come to you and say, Hey, I, I really believe like God wanted me to share this with you. And they share something from scripture with you. I think that's, legit you know Mm -hmm. um and that's and that's uh i would be really excited and thrilled about that and probably super encouraged by that and not have any questions about god speaking to them or something uh but if it's something outside of scripture where they believe God spoke audibly or, you know, through a dream or, and again, I'm not saying these things can't happen, but I'm generally going to respond with some hesitancy and skepticism, um, just because I think that kind of stuff could be abused a lot. So, uh, ask lots of questions, find out what they mean, what is the word, depending on relational context, either dig deeper or say thank you and <laughs> move on. Okay. So, so uh, I want to hone in on what you said. You said that could be abused a lot. Yeah. What, what do you mean by that? How, how could it be abused? I don't know. <laughs> you, you don't know. Uh, well, I, I mean, I you use an example of God told me to marry this person. Um, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Marry that person? No,
2: no don't go to a woman <laughs> um, and say
1: God told me to marry yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think uh, that's maybe a silly example, but I actually I remember growing up there was a f- uh, family friends of ours who one of my buddies, his older sister, some guy said that to her, and she was like, "No, you know," like and so there was this. They forgot to tell me, right? Yeah. But God told me. And so there's this weird authority thing going on of like, well, should I, am I missing something that, you know, God is communicating this person and not me. And it was kind of a debacle. And so, uh, that's just a personal example, but I think you can create a lot of false hope in people. If you go around claiming that God has spoken something to you that they otherwise wouldn't have access to. And so I think you can build up a kind of, uh, authority or power that is inappropriate and oftentimes harmful because you have the special word of the Lord that mm. no one else does. You know, so.
2: yeah. I, I had a guy do that in back in Livingstones, uh, told a woman that God told me to marry you. I would say that's a big red flag for a couple of reasons. One, I think it's theologically wrong and we'll get into that. But also it is an abuse of like, or he's demonstrating a willingness to kind of manipulate and abuse someone's faith in order to control them and their decisions, and it's not good. Yeah. Sorry, I
1: have really bad allergies, so <laughs> it's allergic to idiots. He's gonna be <laughs> blowing his nose a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think in in uh, you know I th- I feel like this would be a whole other podcast. The wor- the A word abuse gets kind of used a lot. I would say, and mm-hmm. uh, especially spiritual abuse and ab- abuse in the church definitely exists. And I think this is a, one of the ways that it can start is all of a sudden this person has in leadership has a God on their side in such a way that God speaks to them and through them and that if you believe that that puts this person in a yeah, position of power over you that mm. it makes them untouchable in a way so I think in that yeah. way it can be abused a lot
0: yeah but also what do you think it does to someone uh, who's a younger Christian or even maybe someone who's been a Christian for years who doesn't have the experience of God speaking to them Like, what sort of despair, discouragement do you think comes from that? You know, like, wow, it seems like God's stalking you every day in your car
1: and in the shower. Yeah. Oh, I've felt that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, yeah, growing up in the, the church and people like, oh man, I just really feel like God's telling me to do this career or go to this college or do this thing. And it's like, well, I don't, am I missing something? So there's a lot of shame, I think, that can come with if that is if you're hearing that in a lot of places that oh God is speaking to all these people in some kind of way about what they should do with their life or, you know, this, that, or the other thing, and I'm not getting those words from the Lord, then something must be wrong with my relationship with God. And then that can turn into either legalism and trying to, you know, get in good standing with God so that He'll speak to you or just despair and hopelessness because there's something wrong with you and God doesn't want to talk to you.
0: Yeah. Good. So do you guys discourage Christians, would you guys discourage Christians from making statements like God told me or God spoke to me and said this or God shared this with me or God is telling me this? Would you guys discourage Christians across the board to not make a statement like that? I would. Okay.
1: Yeah, generally I would as well. Okay. So
0: so let's let's be charitable. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's ask good questions and see what they mean by that. But let's say that whatever they're saying is... Kind of just way out there. Then how do you navigate the conversation? So God is telling me to move, and God spoke to me, and, and He said that I should move, and that I should do that tomorrow. God told me that I should take this job overseas, and I know that's going to require some, you know, time away from my family. But uh, I'm 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 moving. I'm I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm leaving next week. I'm leaving in a month. Whatever it is, how do you navigate those kind of? Mm-hmm conversations? How do you, how do you pastor? How do you equip people to even navigate those types of
2: conversations? Or you listen to God and what he says, which is not what that man thinks he's hearing from God, but what God has revealed in his word and what you do with that situation is you don't believe every spirit, but instead tests the spirits. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So if they say that, uh, you, you know, whatever, whatever they say, whether it's that situation or another, that's a God told me kind of thing. It's, Everything is to be tested against how God has already revealed himself to us. And I obviously, theologically, I would say, I I don't think God is talking audibly and telling you to go take this job. However, I would also test that against scripture, test it against uh, other brothers in the council of the church. And yeah, I guess, I guess that's what I would say.
0: So scripture gives us the grounds to test the so-called word that you have from the Lord. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Brad, what, what would you say?
1: Yeah. I, I think God, uh, I'll just show my cards here since we're getting into this. Uh, I think God speaks in three primary ways today, and that's through his word, his people, and his spirit, God's word, God's people, God's spirit. And those things are going to, um, affirm one another. Right. And so if God's word says one thing and then, who you think are God's people are saying something different. You don't listen (laughs) to the people, right? So God's word takes ultimate authority. That is the primary means by which he has communicated and revealed himself and his will for humanity is his word. Um, But then he's also indwelt people with the spirit. And you see this pattern, I think, in the New Testament, uh, in some of Paul's missionary journeys, right? With the counsel of other people, um, and the, the moving of the spirit, but then also the spirit and God's people are, are working in unity and in, and in conjunction with one another. So, and not as opposed to one another. And so if this person says, I, God's telling me to go move, it's like, okay, well, have you talked to other people about this? Because there's no, there's no chapter and verse that says, go move. There's principles in scripture, right? That we, we look to uh, that reveal to us what is right and wrong, and good and evil and wise and unwise. And so let's evaluate this decision up against those kinds of principles are you what would this be doing to your church family how, what kind of position is this going to put you in as far as temptation and sin goes what about your uh your family your marriage you know like we're going to evaluate this decision with what scripture has clearly laid out about how christians should live in a way that glorifies god and then we're going to evaluate what what are the counsel of wise godly brothers and sisters in your life uh speaking to this as well and then i think there's 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 a place within all of that for our conscience, right? For which I think is one of the ways the spirit works in us in convicting us of right and wrong truth and falsehood is a, a conscience. Is your conscience clear in making this decision and we should never counsel someone to go against their conscience. So th- those are kind of the three things that I would work through in ta- pastoring someone in a decision. If they say, God told me to do this, I would back up. How does this align with what God's word has said? What are God's people telling you in relationship to this decision, and then how is God's spirit leading you? Yeah. Um. And and each of those, it's like a checks and balances, right? Yep. If if they're like, well, God's spirit is telling me because I feel a certain way, but God's word and God's people are not also mm-hmm. in agreement with that, then you must not be listening to God's spirit because those things are not going to contradict one another.
0: Yeah. And I like that you made a distinction between essentially like desire, like because we do need to recognize that God does give desires, like those who desire to be an elder desire, noble task. But then what do we do with that? Then we take that desire and then we check it with God's people, the members of your local church and the other elders. Mm-hmm. And then we see with God's word, does this person live according to the qualifications of an elder? Like, and so I like that you made that distinction because we don't want to say God doesn't give desires. Right, God yeah. gives desires. But even, you know, uh, when Paul was looking to be sent out and God, he went to the elders and, they took time to pray and fast and they mm-hmm. sent him out and whatnot.
1: So there was a process. And there were times Paul was heading one way and then changed course because of yeah. the spirit or people, yeah. you know, like there's, um, a a, a submission to that yeah. in his life. Yeah. So. Why do you think people are want to hear
0: from God audibly? Because I don't see anywhere in scripture that says you should seek that. Like you should be seeking to try to find some experience where you can hear God audibly and, and, People say, "Hey, whenever I, you know, get done praying, I will sit and I will listen for whatever God wants to tell me for like the next five or ten minutes." And and again, I think we need to ask, like, "Hey, are, are are you trying to see maybe what through your meditations on Christ and how beautiful and lovely He is, and upon the Word of God, like like what might come to your mind and 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 what He might through the Spirit bring to your heart, scripturally?" Yeah. Or are people saying, "I set aside five minutes because I'm waiting to hear God speak audibly to me?" I, I don't see grounds in scripture that says, Hey, make sure that you set aside time or seek God speaking audibly to you. And so where, like, where do you think that desire comes from? Like, like people wanting that.
2: A desire to see a sign or something fantastical or to have some kind of big religious experience. And none of that's isolated to our own time. Jesus himself dealt with this uh, in Matthew twelve thirty-eight when he had some of the Pharisees come to him and ask him to show him a sign there, they had they had Jesus speaking to them. They had God, God's word right there. And still they wanted something more fantastical. And I think we struggle with that same desire to, to go beyond what scripture says, because also it's, it, it's a little bit of pride too. If God told me something that makes me special, like the prophets, even I think we talked about this before, but all throughout scripture, if you look at the course of the history with which the Bible was written, it wasn't incredibly common that God was speaking to his people. And it wasn't just happening all the time in the shower, in the car. Like these were very big moments to very notable figures.
0: Yeah, in light of what you said, Graham's Goldworthy says this. Uh, he he speak so he says this in Gospel and Wisdom every case of special guidance given to individuals in the Bible has to do with that person's place in the outworking of God's saving purposes he adds there are no instances in the Bible in which God gives special and specific guidance to the ordinary believing Israelite or Christian in the de- in the details of their personal existence and so when people make comments like God told me this or God's saying this I think it diminishes the time that we see God speaking to Moses that we see God speaking to Joshua that we see God speaking to the prophets those were those were extraordinary circumstances and just to say something like well god told me this or god is speaking to me this way it's like whoa throughout the redemption history we don't see god speaking to all the israelites on the sideline as david's fighting against goliath and you know and, and so i think that's yeah use the word pride. he didn't
2: even speak to david <laughs> yeah yeah in that instance yeah, that you yeah, bring up yeah
0: yeah, so. which was kind
2: of a very big moment. Most of us remember he didn't speak to Daniel as he went into the lion's den. Like yeah. even a lot of the big moments in Scripture, you don't see God sitting there guiding them with audible, you know, do this. Mm-hmm. It may be the fact that they are so uh, immersed in the Scriptures and have such a strong relationship with God that it, that God has grown them spiritually enough they don't need some kind of audible voice for God in order to lead them in His purposes and what He's trying to accomplish. Just like my hope with my kids is that I don't have to sit there and tell them how to do every little thing. But as I guide them, eventually I can be more hands off as a parent. And I think as believers, God hasn't, he's not sitting here barking out or yelling out commands for us to do different things throughout our day, but he's given us the scriptures to engage with him, with our, with our minds, uh, read what he's given us in his word and apply that to our lives. We take the wisdom in scripture. We take what he's given us and our relationship with the church which is also directed and guided by scripture. And we use that to make decisions mm-hmm. that are guided by the spirit yeah. through our interaction with his word and with his people.
0: Yep. But as a culture, we're so driven by emotion that we're chasing some sort of emotional experience. And, and oftentimes the spiritual disciplines can be just mundane and day after day. That's why they're called disciplines, but it's the work that God does in and through the lives of the individual and the, the local church with the spiritual disciplines over the course of time. But I think sometimes people are like, well, I don't just wanna read my Bible. Like I wanna hear God speak to me as though that is like some extra way or something like that, that we can feel something and then worship that feeling more than we are worshiping God, which is why I love what Jen Wilkins says. If you wanna hear God speak, read your Bible. And if you wanna hear him speak audibly, then read it out loud. But it seems like, I don't know, just reading the word of God's good enough. Like I want something else, something magical, you mm-hmm. know?
2: But the word of God even reveals to us that this is how God communicates to us. It, listen to this in First Samuel 3.21. It says, And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. God reveals himself to us through his word, and that is a way we can hear from God.
1: Mm-hmm. To answer your question, I think there's two things, and maybe there are more cultural things about why I think this is popular. One, I think individualism. I think in like Western is still a term from Tim Mackey, churchianity, we've so focused on a personal relationship with Jesus. It's me and God. It's me and Jesus that we've eliminated the need for God's word and God's people. If God can just speak to me whenever he want and it's me and God and I go meet with him out in the woods. And, you know, like so this this individualistic value in that i think has become very popular in the church where it's me and jesus it's me and god i'm going to do my own thing has created yeah we don't need god's we don't need the bible we don't need god's people i can just hear from god and go do my own thing so i think that's part of it i think there's also a like a hyper spiritualization hyper spiritualization of normal everyday life now on one hand everything is spiritual everything we do is to the glory of God and has spiritual significance. On the other hand, I think we have a lot of freedom to live our lives and not, not stress about the decisions we make of like, man, is this God's will? And so you hear that a lot of when it comes to decision-making, whether it be a spouse or a job or a move or a college, it's like, man, I'm really just waiting for God to tell me what to do. It's like, maybe he's not going to. And the, this, over-spiritualization of our decision-making when in reality we've been given a whole lot of freedom to live our lives that's good right yeah. and and as we do that <laughs> with under the counsel of god's people the guidance of god's spirit in submission to god's word we glorify god wherever we are you know and so um yeah i think and, and that that's coming from you know you guys neither one of you grew up like in the church going so growing up in the church, in Christianity, man, I felt that pressure so much. And I remember actually my senior year of high school, a friend of mine and I were told uh, that we had a decision to make about if we wanted to go on a mission trip or something. And it was like, you should fast and, and see if God speaks to you and tells you what to do. And like I was thinking about that when you were asking the question, I don't know anywhere in scripture that fasting is connected to like hearing from God and mm-hmm. and somewhere along the way, we've, we've gotten this idea that like, man, if you, if you fast and pray and just focus in, then like God is going to speak to you. And, and I think that's unhelpful. I think it's unbiblical. And I think it's, it's, yeah, it's hyper spiritualizing. A lot of times any choice you make is a good choice. There's no bad choice. It's like g- g- go and be filled and glorify God as you go. You know, um, I have a friend who's now they're married, his wife, um, but for a long time, she would was not ready to get engaged because she was waiting for God to confirm that that He was the one supposed to marry. And it's like on one hand, yeah, you should be wise about who you choose as a spouse. On the other hand, don't wait around for God to tell you yes or no. Mm-hmm. He probably isn't going to. Yeah. So well, it's not sinful. Right. Yeah. 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 No. Well, and and even what
0: you're saying, like we 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 have a lot of freedom to make decisions. Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. Classic verse says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Second Peter one three, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So his divine power has granted to us all things, all things that pertain to to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So his divine power comes to us that pertains through life and godliness, how? Through, Through the knowledge. What's the knowledge of God? His revealed word, mm-hmm. and so we have uh, sapient writings, which are you know wisdom literature, the Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and whatnot not to teach us even about how to make decisions and yeah. and and make wise
1: decisions through life. And so, yeah. Well, that that Timothy passage, it's the Scripture is sufficient to make you complete. L- like there's there's yeah. nothing lacking in your in your completeness as a Christian that scripture that something outside of scripture is going to fulfill right so scripture is sufficient to make the man of god complete and equipped you don't need something else outside of that yeah um and yeah i think a lot of times we add to that what we that that we're that scripture is not sufficient to to help us through life um i think that's that's true i don't think that's a good view of god's word good
2: and john owen and the london baptist confession of faith would both be in agreement with what what you just said (sighs) good and, and you're pointing out of, uh, second Timothy three, 16 through 17, if it's completed us for every good work, then it is sufficient, uh, as a guide for any all saving knowledge, for faith, for practice, what we do, how we come to salvation and be reconciled to God. It is capable of equipping us for the work that God has called us to do here on this earth. When it comes to different decisions about, you know, is this God's will? Is this not God's will? I always, I always joke and laugh as a, as a good Calvinist and, and point to Isaiah 46, 10 and like, you'll know on the other side of it, if it was God's will, <laughs> yeah. if it happens, because he declares the yeah. end from the beginning, even yeah. things not yet known and his will will happen. Mm-hmm. You cannot thwart God's will through your bad decision making. Yeah. So you pick this job, you pick this job. Ultimately, as long as it's not sin, whichever one you end up picking and going with and you're in, guess what? It was God's will.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, maybe there's like a couple different kinds of God speaking us that we're talking about on one hand, it's like the decision-making God tell me what to do and reveal your will. And then there's also like the God spoke to me to speak to you, his words, you know, mm-hmm. and the, it's like similar at its root, but very different implications um, of like how that plays out. But I think at, going back to the root of like, how does God speak gets at both of those. Well, the second one you said,
0: that'll never stop stop right in 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 this sense like we could we could never get anywhere in an elders meeting if if you said Brad well the lord told me that we should be doing this and I should tell you guys that and then Ronnie was like actually guys kind of but i i heard more specifically <laughs> this direction which would move us this way and i'm like no. i don't know i don't know i wait yeah i do know now what i was just and it's like man like like logically and just i mean where's where's the governor on like yeah that is just a mess a subjective mess Mm -hmm. which is why we have god's word to guide lead and instruct us and and so yeah which i'm really grateful for and so let me ask this pastorally as we kind of wrap up how what do you what do you share with a christian who's on the receiving end of, of having someone tell them something like that how do they navigate that respond which which we've kind of tackled that. But pastorally, what would you want to share with someone who is saying the comments like, God spoke to me and told me this? And well, let's tackle this first. So we'll circle back. How does the gospel speak to all of
1: this? Yeah, let's start there. God, God has always acted and revealed himself through his word. In the beginning, God created by speaking. God has has moved throughout redemptive history by revealing Himself through His Word, and so I do not think it is a bad thing that we want God to communicate with us. Ultimately, God has revealed Himself in fullness of His glory, the radiance of His glory, in the Word, capital W, Jesus. Right, John one: In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things have come into existence through Him. So the God's creative and redemptive acts of speaking, of using uh, through his word, come to a culmination in the word, Jesus Christ, who taught and spoke and, and revealed himself through as the word, through the word, through words, and ultimately by living a perfect life, dying death, sacrificial death on the cross and rising victoriously over sin and death. And then offers to anyone who would come and listen to and submit to his words, the words of the word, uh, that they would have eternal life. And then he sends his disciples out into the world to tell people uh, through words about what the word has done. Uh, And that's what we have now in this book. The Bible is a, it's a story of God creating and redeeming rebellious people through his word. And, 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 And that is sufficient, that is enough To look to to Christ um as as the source of God's revelation and to want that, to desire that is a good thing. I think there's something in us as humans made in the image of God that we want God to communicate with us. Where we need to what we need to come to to terms with is saying, Yeah, we want God to communicate with us and He has. And He has through Christ. Yeah, that's good. And so so we don't uh and and I don't want to be careful here and maybe no 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 no. okay no no yeah Yeah. we already said this but can god speak to someone in a dream can god speak audibly of course um he's god (laughs) uh is it should it be the regular expectation of god's people that he communicates to him through these ways no um the regular expectation is that he's communicated to us already through uh his word um the bible and through the continual preaching and proclamation and study and explanation of that word in the life of the local church. So um, yeah, I think there, the, the gospel has a whole lot to say about words and the word and how God yeah, creates good. and redeems through his word. And then to look for something, some kind of word from God beyond what he's already done in Christ and revealed to us in the words of the Bible, uh, we're missing it, I think. So yeah. That's what I'm saying.
2: Ronnie, anything to add or add pastorally? I would say many times good desires can be fulfilled through sinful means. You could have a good desire. Uh, sex is not inherently bad or sinful. You could have a good desire there that God has put in us that can be fulfilled in a in a sinful way and in a way that God has ordained that it should be fulfilled with your spouse in the covenant of marriage uh, between just you and them. There is a good desire, as you mentioned, that you want to hear from your father. Uh, a relationship is not good if the other person in the relationship is not speaking to you. If your wife is ever giving you the cold shoulder or your husband has ever you know, shut himself off and not want to talk anymore, you know your relationship is not good. Mm-hmm. So it's a good desire. You want to be in relationship and communion with God. You know, as, as you were saying, like back in the beginning, there was a relationship with God where he was walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, like there was close intimate communion that was fractured through the fall. And so there, there is a desire that God would come and speak again. And he has, as you said, finally and fully in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. this, this is the word, the final word that was given us in the last days was Jesus. And, uh, he has spoken to us yeah it's I know it's um some people, and i've I've heard this from unbelievers and being an unbeliever for a big portion of my life, People like it was such a weird way for God to want to speak to us is through his word, you know, like through written text. And now, as a Christian, you know I find that kind of laughable that people would say, like, what a weird way for God to communicate with us because this is how we communicate with each other all throughout the centuries of human history. we have communicated even now. Brad is sitting here texting his wife in written text, (laughs) I see some of the messages pop up, like we still... What is the most popular form of communication today? Do people call when they need something or have to ask a question? Most of the time I get texts from people. I don't know why, but written text is still very popular. I think it's very providential that God has determined to speak to us through the written text passed along through people who are no longer here with us that were inspired through the Holy Spirit to write and keep the words of God to help shape and equip us in for the work of ministry. Good.
0: well, wow. Good job, guys. Pastorally, here's what I would throw on. If you're someone that commonly likes to throw out the phrase God told me, what I would encourage you to do is slow down on that and, and cautiously think about the impacts that might have on other people whenever you make a comment like that. Hey, God told me this, God told me this for a young Christian or someone who doesn't have those experiences. And and I guess to be frank, I don't know that I fully believe that God is doing all of that with you, especially if it doesn't line up with the word, which goes back to the John Owen quote, which, you know, I think you said it's actually not from John Owen. We don't know who it's from, but essentially the quote is if if what God is telling you lines up with scripture, then it's not needed. And if what God is telling you doesn't line up with scripture, then it's not needed. (laughs) And and so, so what I would say is please slow down on making comments like that. If you're someone who's been on the receiving end of hearing things like that, there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, Like, like there's not something that you're doing wrong to where you need to switch and change things up in your Christian faith. What you need to do is keep believing that Christ is sufficient for your right standing with God and know that there's nothing you're missing out on by opening up your word and hearing God speak to you that way.
1: The, the shift, shifting that phrase from God told me to God tell, told us, it's like the, the individualistic and like self-centeredness of what God has told me to do versus, well, if God's told us, mm-hmm. it must come from something that everyone has available to them. Like God's told us to do all things, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do for the glory of God. And so I need to start uh you know thinking differently about how i do my job it's like yeah <laughs> you know yeah. like that that just that one word me to us i think uh makes a lot of difference in revealing kind of the source of of god speaking to you is is it just for you or is this something that's for everyone and if good. it's something for everyone it probably came from god's word that's good
2: and, and a caution if you are theologically minded like the three of us here are uh don't take this as an opportunity to sharpen your theological sword Mm. like i said it's best to ask questions Mm because when somebody said god told me it could be you know if i use the example of god somebody says god told me i need to disciple my children okay that's somewhere i would maybe i would ask questions like well what do you mean because that could be like well yeah god told me through the course of being a christian and reading scriptures and being in community i'm recalling scriptures to my mind like deuteronomy 6 and proverbs 22 and ephesians 6 and i'm seeing like I should I should do, be a better discipler of my children that's so like okay when you said God told me it's like you're not saying God spoke in an audible way but it's more like a feeling that's kind of been in your mind as you've flooded yeah, it with good. scripture mm-hmm. it's coming out in that way that you're saying it so like I said it's best to ask questions when somebody's saying that not to just go and try to bludgeon them to death uh and get your theological point across
0: good Thanks, fellas. This has been helpful for me. And I hope it's been helpful for you as a listener. And we are thankful that you continue to tune in to Saints and Society. And again, we want to faithfully equip you as a saint to engage with your society, with the people in and around you. And so we hope this is a blessing for you.